Kind World is sponsored by American Public Media, presenting the podcast, The Slowdown. The Slowdown offers five minutes of calm every weekday. One of the most celebrated poets of our time, host Tracy K. Smith, provides insight and poetry that offers a few moments of reflection. Listen to The Slowdown wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot of competition to be the first headline or Google result. If you want to go deeper, try on Second Thought. It's a weekly podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting, hosted by me, Virginia Prescott. We talk with innovative thinkers, hip-hop legends, pecan farmers, and agents of change who just may make you rethink what it means to be second. Subscribe to On Second Thought for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kind World from WBUR. I'm Erica Lance. There's one day of Joe Cerna's life that has reverberated through every other day since. It's 2008. Joe's in Afghanistan, where he's serving in the Special Forces. He and three other guys are in an armored truck. It's big, with doors so heavy that you need a hydraulic system to open them. They're driving along a canal on a dirt road around midnight. And at some point... The road gives away. The truck lands sideways and it starts sliding down the hill into the water. The water starts rising, like over my head. I'm having trouble getting my seatbelt off. His friend jumps back and yanks him up so he can breathe. The hydraulics is knocked out. And we are fighting for these doors and fighting for these doors. You can't see the water rising because it's pitch black. You can feel the water rising up to our chin. And then I hear a gurgling sound, and I realized that the fuel cans that we had on outside were crushed. And then I could smell the fumes. The only pocket of air I had was now contaminated. I kept coming in and out. I'd see things that weren't there, and I was hallucinating. I thought I had had died. Joe wakes up to a sharp tug. His team has found the truck. Someone pulls Joe out, and he starts walking up the hill, disoriented. And I look to my left, and there's three bodies laying there. My friends. Everybody in your truck died. And so, um, it kind of, it kind of crushed me. Years later, Joe's out of the military, but that night in the truck echoes all around him. Something small, like a whiff of fuel, triggers nightmares. He can't bring himself to talk about his dead friends. So, Joe deals with his PTSD by drinking. I wouldn't drink because I just like to taste the beer. It was when I was angry or if I was hurting. Eventually, it lands him on probation for driving while intoxicated. And when he fails a urine test, despite the fact he's not allowed to drink, Joe lies to the judge. Two weeks later, he's back in court. I said, hey, judge, um, I want to apologize to the court. I was dishonest about my use of alcohol. I knew Joe had to be held accountable. That's the judge, Lou Oliveira. He sentences Joe to a day in jail. But Lou is also a veteran. 
and he knows about Joe's past. So on the day Joe is supposed to report to jail, Lou decides to meet him there and reassure him. When he showed up, I could tell visibly he was under distress. Joe is shaking and sweating. Once he's in the cell, it gets worse. This is a solid door. There's no bars. He closes the door, and it just kind of like echoed in my head, and I was so nervous. And we are fighting for these doors and fighting for these doors. I was in a truck again. Put my hands over my head and, you know, put my head down. I looked to my left, three bodies laying there. This is what it all comes to. Three bodies laying there. This is going to be the longest night of my life. Then, Joe hears the door rattle. I look up at the door, and standing right there is Judge Lou Oliveira with a big smile. And I kind of smiled too, because he was holding a tray of food. Meatloaf and mashed potatoes. He comes in and he sits on the bed, he says, scoot over. And I, like, what's up, you bringing me some food now, Judge? He's like, no, I'm staying here. I'm like, staying where? He's like, I'm staying in the cell with you. I say, you're going to stay here in, in the cell with me the entire time. He says, that's what we're going to do. Called up my wife and said, honey, I'm not coming home for dinner. <laughs> well, why not? I said, well, I'm going to jail. When I seen him and I seen his smile, it automatically brought me back to being a person. I was overwhelmed. I really wanted to cry. And I didn't feel alone. And not only that, he slept on the ground. I said, Judge, if anything, please sleep on the bunk. Let me take the ground. He says, I got it. Then they talk for hours. Finally, Joe's breathing got heavier and he got quieter. And then he started to snore. That was when I felt good because I knew Joe would be okay. The next morning, Lou drives Joe home before heading right back to the courthouse. When I walked out of the cell, it felt like a clean slate. I was talking to one of the jailers, and I was like, have you ever seen that? He's like, uh, no. He said, don't disappoint him. Joe says one of the hardest parts of coping with his memories has always been trust. He didn't trust people anymore. But Lou changed that. Just his presence alone um, shifted my whole mindset. When he walked in, uh, that kind of brought the walls down and built this confidence in me of trust in, in people. In this case, it took 12 hours and a judge in jail to give Joe new direction. How will you spend your next 12? You can find Kind World at wbur.org slash kindworld, where there are links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, a place to submit your own story, and an archive of past episodes. You can subscribe to Kind World on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Email me anytime at kindworld at wbur.org. I'm Erica Lance. Thanks for listening.